Nashville Predators back on the ice after a couple of days off. And who's waiting for them but the best team in the NHL, the Boston Bruins. What can the Preds do to try to slay the mighty beast from Beantown? Plus, first half report cards for the Nashville Predators defense. And boy, some of these are going to be some doozies, folks. Let's talk about it today on the Locked On Predators podcast. Locked On Predators, your daily podcast on the Nashville Predators, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Thank you for making Locked On Predators your first listen of the day every single day. We are your free daily Nashville Predators podcast that's available to you wherever you get your podcast and on YouTube. I'm Nick Morgan. I'm a writer and editor at OnTheForeCheck.com, and I have a partner in crime. You do. I'm Ann Kimmel. I'm a writer and editor at InsideThePreds.com. All right. Tonight, Nashville Predators versus Boston Twins. 7 o'clock Central Puck Drop at Bridgestone Arena. The Preds have a couple of days off from their last game, which under normal circumstances, if you were a normal fan of a normal team, you would say, all right, they should be healthy, 100%, ready to go. If you're a fan of the Nashville Predators, you think, dear God, please don't do that thing you do where you come out of a break looking like you just took a 25-year nap. Yeah, don't do that thing you do. It's one of our favorite songs, Nick and Nick and I. We, yeah. we like that. We like that song. We like that movie. But yeah, let's not have that happen tonight. And I, you know, the Nashville Predators needed to just hit the groove. We needed to hit the ground running. And that's not how the schedule panned out. Two days off. And again, we will have hope in abundance that they took one of those days to rest up physically and to do the mental preparation. And they took the other day for on ice execution and practice, and they're going to be ready to come out of the gate. But the gate they're coming out of is a little bit like the one in Gladiator where, you know, you see the light and you go out to the light thinking you're going to freedom and then you're in the arena and there's just a giant lion or well, bear. Case, yeah, in this case, a giant Bruin. A giant Bruin. So no gentle stepping back into the groove, my friends. This is Boston. They are 40, what are they, 48 and 5. Oh my goodness. They're yeah. 48 and five, my friends. Welcome to the jungle. Yeah. Uh, they were at one point on pace to break that uh, the joint Detroit-Tampa record for, for wins in a season, uh, best regular season of all time. I don't know if they still are. Uh, if anybody is good with math out there that can maybe uh, help us out with that, that'd be great. I, I know they've kind of uh, lost a little bit more than usual over the past week or so. Um, mm -hmm. So, you know, hey. Even still, they're still by far the best team in the NHL this year. And what's surprising to me about the Bruins, and it's how they're winning. I think you have a tendency when it comes to the Boston Bruins to think of those like late 2000s, early 2010s Bruins teams, you know, Tim Thomas, Zdeno Chara, later Tukarask, Milan Lucic, Nathan Horton, you know, guys that just, you know, they, they win by 
beating the hell out of you and right. also just, you know, limit you to like 20 shots per game and all the shots you get are, are stonewalled by the goalie. And there's still certainly some elements of that old Bruins identity in this team, but you watch them play and it's like watching last year's Colorado team. I mean, yes. this team is fast, yes. uh, a lot of quick decisions, a lot of sharp passes, a lot of really quick, sharp developing plays I mean, this is a speedy team, and that's a change of pace from kind of the Bruins teams of old. Jim Montgomery has kind of done a very good job of, you know, taking what was already a very good Bruins core and kind of refreshing them a little bit, kind of giving them a new energy, a new way to play. And and it's showing off because they are by far the best team in the NHL this season. Yeah, and I love that comparison that you made to Colorado of last year. I think that is spot on. They cover so much ice so quickly, whether it is with skaters or whether it with it is just absolute dead-on passing. They are very, very hard to defend. And again, speed, the goaltending. I mean, we do need to talk yes. about the goaltending. Oh, my goodness. Olmark. I don't know what your workout was this summer. I don't know what Athletic Greens has done for you. But <laughs> I'm telling you, this goaltender, he is he has a 1.90 goals against average. He will not even give you two goals. Like, he will not. He is stingy Mary Poppins when it comes to hockey. You will not get two spoonfuls of sugar. I am I am baffled and amazed as I watch him. And, and tonight, I will say this, as dreadful as it feels overall, this is going to be a great goaltending matchup between Olmark yeah. and uh, UC Soros. So this is going to be fantastic for those of you who are big fans of important goaltending play. I'm not sure Olmark is going to have to you know, exhaust himself totally with the way the Predators have played as of late offensively. But he is, I would say, just unobjectively, he's a fun netminder to watch. Incredible. Yeah. Uh, you know, like we say, give Connor McDavid the heart. You know, he's kind of yeah. locked that up already in yes. the middle of February. I think Omar's locked up the Vezina yes. as well. Just yeah. what he's been able to do, just unbelievable numbers this year. And, you know, you, you look at it, you look at like the save percentage and, and stuff like that and, and think, oh, well, this is just a guy who's has the benefit of playing a really good team. And then you get to the advanced metrics and he's one of the leaders in goals saved above expected. So yes. it's not like he's just kind of sitting back and eating grapes and reaping the benefits of, you know, some good hockey right. in front of him. He is actually going out there and stealing some wins in some cases. Yeah. And he is 27, four and one. This dude has only lost five games all season. <laughs> oh my goodness. He's a winner. Yeah. Friends, Olmark, dude's a winner. Yeah. Imagine UC Soros in front of a team like that. Literally can't. Yeah. <laughs> Not today. <laughs> it, it is hard to imagine. Not today, my friend. <laughs> yeah. Uh, you know, if you're the Nashville Predators and what do you do? Like, what do you do to win this game? I think you kind of hit it on it earlier. It, it's, you know, we hate to sound cliche, but it's got to be energy. Mm-hmm. I want to see the Preds simplify. Yeah. Like, use some of that energy to not overthink. You know, when we saw them doing very well, kind of in the, the end of December, start of January, when they got on, you know, a little bit of a run, even back 
uh, post closed door meeting that wonderful right. three games where the oh. Preds looked like they were back, baby. They were amazing three games, weren't they? I, I, I miss those times, but they simplified things. You know, there wasn't a lot of like setup overthinking or four or five passes on like a five on three. They just got it sprinted to the net. Come on. And just put it on goal and hope something happens. And they scored a lot of goals that way or caused enough chaos where you got some second chance opportunities were able to set up for like an extended offensive zone position. And I want to see them do that. It just seems like over the past three games since they've come back from the break, there's a lot of overthinking. There's not really any urgency with the puck. You know, you think back to like even the play with with the net empty uh, the uh, the other night where Niederreiter and, um, you know, I think it was Phil Tomasino were both skating in in the same spot and they lost possession because neither one of them were really sure who was going to carry the puck in. And I want that killer instinct from the Preds. I want somebody to want the puck cut to the net, make a play or cut, like cause enough chaos when you're speeding towards the net that maybe you open things up for somebody else. I want that from the Nashville Predators tonight. Yes, it's north-south play. We have not seen enough north-south play. We're seeing way too much, like you said, wasted east-west stuff. Too many passes. And one of the things that I loved about Nashville's game during those glorious three games, and when they've looked at their best, they are playing with speed. I know that that's not part of the identity of this team, but they look more threatening and they play better when they kind of try to generate some rush chances when they move quickly through the neutral zone, when they're playing north-south, when they're not wasting space. And so I think that's key. As far as players go tonight, and this is not just an Ann Kimmel cliche, but I'm watching Matt Duchesne. Because remember, the Nashville Predators tonight are not going to have their leading goal scorer, Philip Forsberg. That's that's going to, yeah. we think. Yeah, pretty it's sure. pretty sure we're not going to see Forsberg. So what the Predators are going to need to rely on is some good shooting, which, again, the Predators have generated high, some high quality chances, high danger chances in the last game, but they're not finishing. We need the finishers. So what we're looking for is somebody with a quick release, kind of a a harder to read shot. And for me, I'm looking at Matt Duchesne. Matt Duchesne and Roman Yossi, those are going to be the guys who I think are going to stand the best chances of beating Allmark. And the other thing is get in front of that net. Boston's not going to give up that territory. They're not going to give up that geography easily. So whoever is net front, you're going to have to want it. Like I want chocolate or pie. Like you got to want it. Um, But I think if you can kind of own that territory and get some tip-in goals, that's, that's the Nashville Predators that can win games. You know, that north-south and battling for position, that's what the Predators are going to have to do tonight against, oh, heaven help us, the Boston Bruins. Yeah, you know what? The Predators need a sniper right now, and there's somebody on this team I think can actually help them out who's tailor-made for a situation like that. Uh, young Ellie Tolvanen, he oh, is a good thing. goal scorer. He's got a great shot. Uh, hasn't played a lot, but uh, – oh, oh. Yeah. Oh yeah, that that that's right. Uh, they 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 don't have them anymore. Yeah, wrong jersey doesn't yeah, match. Well, well, too bad. Um, yeah. So Predators Bruins seven o'clock Central puck drop tonight. Uh, I'm 
just angering everybody in the fan base right now. Uh, we will be back tomorrow with a full recap of that game. Still a lot to get to today, though. It is defensive report card day. Mm-hmm. Mid-season report cards. We are going to see how the defensemen are shaping in. I have a feeling Ann and I may have some disagreements on some star players. Who knows? We'll have to see. Uh, first, though, I want to mention today's show is brought to you by Fan Duel Sportsbook. As we mentioned, it's the midway point of the NHL season and also the NBA season. And now is the perfect time to download FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook. That's because new customers get a no-sweat first bet up to $1,000. That's bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. All you have to do is download the FanDuel Sportsbook app, which is safe, secure, super easy to use. And they let you bet on everything from money line to point scores to three-point strain in hockey. Who's going to score the first goal? Is there going to be a Philip Forsberg goal whenever he comes back? Is Roman Yossi going to find the score sheet? Is Linus Olmar going to have over under X amount of saves? Those are all things that you can check out on the FanDuel app. Plus, FanDuel lets you combine your bets for a bigger chance at a bigger payout with a same-game parlay. So don't miss a chance to get your no-sweat first bet up to $1,000 in bonus bets when you go to FanDuel.com slash LockedOn. Again, FanDuel.com slash LockedOn to learn more. Make every moment more with FanDuel, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. All right, Ann, it is midterm day, which as a parent, I'm sure uh, brings you much anticipated and much dread. (laughs) Look, I'm on my last one, so at this yeah. point, and he's a senior, I'm like, whatever, dude, he's yeah, graduating. <laughs> whatever you do next is up to you, kids. That's right. Uh, yeah. So what we're going to do is we are going to go through uh, the Predators defensemen who have played a mm-hmm. game this year uh, and do a quick synopsis and grade the first half of their season so far. Uh, and I feel like the easiest way to do it is alphabetical order. Oh dear! Uh, unfortunately, the first the first defenseman in the alphabet is uh, Mark Borvietsky. Sa- safe to safe to give an incomplete or yeah. an NA or give him the semester off. Yes, absolutely. Here's my thing: just give the man credit. He just gets credit and graduates. This has been one of the heartbreaks of the season for me. No joke. Huge fan of Mark Borvietsky on and off the ice, and I really think it hurts this defensive core not to have him. Not even so much for on-ice performance, but he is such a great uh, leader and mentor for young defensemen, and the Predators have several that are kind of coming up through and getting their feet with with NHL time. Um, This one breaks my heart. Mark Borowiecki, you know what? Here's the thing. I would pass Mark Borowiecki just because he's that terrific. But yeah. yeah. The senior who like left school early that still gets a diploma or something like that heavens yes heavens, yeah, yeah. Uh, definitely miss him in the locker room uh for yeah. sure all right yeah. and we next come to alexander carrier yes we this do. is gonna be an interesting one i think okay are we gonna fight because you know Look, he doesn't need us because he could be an actor in Bridgerton. This is what I want everybody to realize. Alexander Carrier doesn't need hockey. He chooses hockey. Um, look, he's only played, what, 40 games, two goals, 
six assists, eight points. So, you know, Alexander Carrier, one of the things that, that I've been watching for for Carrier that, that he has been honest about wanting to be involved in, in in the organization has talked about is getting him more involved offensively. And so I like what we've seen from him when we've seen him. I think he has been a little bit more. I see your face, Nick. You act like I can't see it, but you know I can see it. No, continue your point. Okay. I can still see it, though. Okay. I, I like Carrier getting more involved offensively. Do I think that that skill set is going to need – he's going to need to grow into that? Uh Yes. I think Carrier is going to have his best games when he is paired with Matias Ekholm, which the two of them did not necessarily, they didn't start out together. So I feel like, you know, he's out with injury right now. He's been out a couple times with injury, so not as large a sample size. I do like what I'm seeing from Carrier. Definitely room to grow that aspect of his game, but I like that direction that he's headed. I like the idea of Carrier being more offensively minded, especially paired with a more defensively minded defenseman like Ekholm. So, you know, has has he totally wowed me? No, but I also am like, he has been out with injury and he's been shuffled in the lineup. So I'm still passing him. What What's the grade, letter grade? Um, I'm going to give him like a C plus, but I would also let him do some extra credit to bring it up for his GPA. You know, you mentioned, uh, he's got eight points this season. Three of those came in the last two games before he got injured. And that's the sticking point to me. I think Alexander Carey has been very good defensively this year. Uh, very defensively sound. Like you don't notice him making a ton of mistakes, but it's just the offense to me. That's the biggest disappointment for Carrier this year. And mm-hmm. uh, because this was a guy that scored 30 points last year in what was his rookie season, even though he was like True. the Michael Bunting age rookie, <laughs> uh, you know, he had three goals, 27 assists last year. And he was kind of, you know, the number two playmaker behind Roman Yossi. He supplanted Matthias Eckholm as kind of the next man up offensively in that Predators defensive core. And he just hasn't gotten, you know, a chance to do that this year. And, right. you know, he's, he's kind of been shuffled off the power play. Maybe mm-hmm. that has something to do with it a little bit, but it's just, it, it, I don't see, you know, a lot of the same carrier from last year that made you think like this guy is like a surefire you know, number two power play quarterback, maybe somebody that, you know, Yossi gets hurt can kind of step into that offensive role. Still a very good top four defenseman. Right. Uh, but a little bit disappointed offensively with what seems to be a step back. Um, so I would give him a C yeah. right down the middle, maybe a C plus, uh, because again, I think the defense is exactly what it needs to be, but I think the offense has just been, kind of a disappointment this season yeah then again, you know, everybody's, offense, everybody's offense has been a disappointment <laughs> this season but yeah Nashville, Brighton. um but I'll, I'll give c plus yeah okay so i think you agree on that one yeah yeah all right next up uh is oh here we go young mr dante fabro future vancouver canucks <laughs> star Dante Fabro. I wondered I wondered I wondered if we were gonna discuss it Dante Fabro bless I mean it's just 
I, I this guy's time in Nashville is fascinating, Anne. It like is it really is. It is yeah. really fascinating. I mean, you think about he impressed so well mm-hmm. after his draft year that the Predators traded away PK Subban. They had, you know, David Poyle had the the gumption to go ahead and pull that trade when he did. In retrospect, maybe a good thing because he was so confident that Dante Fabro can do what really no Predators defenseman since Ryan Suter did, which is come in as a rookie, as a first-year rookie, and assume a a 20-minute-a-night top-four role. That didn't happen. It seemed like he was settling back down maybe into more of a depth role, was starting to build some confidence, some better chemistry. And then I just I just don't know what's happened over like the past calendar year, but it just seems like I don't know. Like it seems like he's kind of lost the faith of John Hines. You know, we've seen him healthy scratch at points this season. We've seen him yeah. get less ice time than guys like Jeremy Lazan. Um, and it's, you know, it's, this is a hard one to grade in because there have been some moments, uh, that you look and it's like, that's a really good defensive play. And you look at some of the numbers and you think Dante Fabro is like a really good defensive depth defenseman. Yeah. And then there's those moments like the Colorado game back in December, which wound up getting him healthy scratch for a few games where it's like, what are you doing, man? Yeah, and it, it's it's frustrating for a guy that you know I think I think is twenty four now. I think that's his age. Yeah, twenty four. Yeah. Um. So I mean, this is a guy that you know what we see now. He's definitely got room to grow, but it's also yeah. This is this is kind of what he's going to become. That's a little bit disappointing. I give Dante Fabro a D plus. Yeah, I would agree with your assessment of Fabro in in especially the part about expectation and where he's at right now, because I agree with you. I feel like when he came in and initially the trajectory seemed very clear for Fabro, like this was somebody who was going to be a long-term piece for the Nashville Predators. He was going to be, you know, one of those top six defensemen, very sound defensively. What has happened this year is I don't even know necessarily that it's he's made a lot more mistakes as far as quantity. I think for me, it's the quality of the mistakes that he has made this year that have yeah. been more alarming. You know, um, he he's had some games where he's played really well, but when he doesn't play well, it's like that poem. When he's good, he's very good, but when he's bad, he's naughty. You know, when Dante Fabro is off, it tends to cost the Predators more than just one bad play. It can cost the Predators goals or a game. And like you said, you know, he's been healthy scratched. You kind of have to wonder where he sits. This is a name that is constantly a part of trade speculation. Um, I would not be surprised to see him end up somewhere else uh, Mm -hmm. outside of Nashville come, I don't know, middle of March. And this is a hard one because really, for me, expectations were pretty high for Dante Fabro. I'm going to agree with you. I'm going to give him a D, but it's a D with the the, a little bit of uh, parental heartbreak. Like, I know you can do better than this. Like, this is a good defensive player who just isn't playing well right now. So it's it's a D, but I know he is a B plus student underneath it all. Yeah. 
Um, I assume we don't have much to say about even either Kevin Gravel or Jordan Gross, other than thank you for the yes. you know few games you've played. Uh, yes. Let's go to Matthias Eckholm. We might be agreement on this one, Anne. Um, this will be interesting. So Matthias Eckholm. 51 games played, 17 points, 5 goals, 12 assists. My word for Matthias Ekholm is workhorse. This man is, he is like an Amish draft horse. Like, always going to get it done. Like, just solid, reliable, can't really operate the farm without him. You know, may not be the most glamorous pony in the stalls. But he's the guy that's a farm motif going on here. Yeah. Look, I'm a rural Pennsylvania girl. That's what I've got. That's my wheelhouse. So for me, Matthias Ekholm, I think, is uh, so vital to the National Predators. Not maybe the flashiest, but I think he is one of the most important. This has been an interesting year for me watching Matthias Ekholm because it has not been a linear process finding his defensive partner. started out with it's going to be Ryan McDonough and Matthias Ekholm. And I think they tried to make that square peg fit that round hole a little bit longer for both of them. Um, Right now he is with Jeremy Lazan because Alexander Carrier's out. But I love he and Carrier together. Mm -hmm. And I think that's going to help Carrier's game. And I think that's where the magic is for Matthias Ekholm. Um, I give him an A. A minus, maybe a B plus here. I think he's one of the best defensemen in the NHL. I think he is profoundly underrated in the league. Uh, Here's the one area I would love to see Matthias Ekholm improve. And that is on that second power play unit. He does have three power play points, but like, I would love to see him getting some goals on that unit and just sort of quarterbacking a, a group that needs somebody to kind of herd them and quarterback them a little bit better. But for me, Matias Ekholm, he's a, he's an A minus B plus student. And if he brought me an apple, I'd give him an A plus. Yeah. Uh, to me, and Ekholm is maybe one of the very few A players on mm-hmm. this team. And I, I, I agree. I think I would give him an A minus. Uh, you look at some of his stats this year and he is like his defense, like his defensive numbers alone are Norris quality. Yeah. Like there's some of the, like he is among the best defensive defensemen in the entire NHL this season. Uh, and you know, you, you don't really notice it because the Preds seemingly get, you know, shellacked 40 times a game. (laughs) Uh, but you know, whenever you do go back and you watch some of these Matias Ekholm plays and it's just, it's, you know, it seems like the calmest waters are whenever Ekholm is on there, even when yes. the other team is an offensive zone possession, they don't get a lot of good looks. I mean, they have a lot of possession, but Matias Ekholm and at really Alexander Carey are always kind of in that same space. Um, you know, and, and I think, Carrier helps, but I also think having Ekholm as a defensive partner helps Carrier as 100%. well uh, because they're a good fit. So to me, you know, I, I agree. I would like to see him a little bit more offensively sound, but, you know, at, at the age Ekholm is for the role the Preds probably need him to be, which is that stay-at-home guy, uh, not really that, you know, kind of puck carrier guy anymore. Yeah, I, I'd say Matias Eichholm is playing the role that the Predators, um, you know, 
have given them. So I, I give them an A minus. Yeah. Uh, next up, we got to start going through these a little bit quicker. Okay. Uh, here's one that's not going to take uh, a short amount of time. Roman Yossi. Ooh. Roman Yossi. Ooh. Okay. Okay. Now, Roman Yossi, this is a grade that we put out for vote on our YouTube channel. And I want to say that Roman Yossi has been awarded a B with 65% of the votes. So I think fans are feeling a B grade. 31% of the votes were an A for Roman Yossi. Now, let's talk through a couple of things just real quick about Roman Yossi. First of all, Roman Yossi is one of the best players on the Nashville Predators roster. Uh, points leader, he has 44 points, 13 goals, 31 assists. This has not been Roman Yossi's best season, and not just because it is juxtaposed next to Roman Yossi's best career season of last year. I think this has been a tougher season for him. He really struggled once the team came back from Europe at the beginning of the season. And again, just kind of getting the defensive pairings situated, I think, has cost him something. We're not seeing from Roman Yossi the amount of offensive production that I think this team needs from him and that this team relies on for him. He is as elite a playmaker as there is on the Nashville Predators team. Um, goal scoring, skating, he's as good as, as this team has. But the downside is it's not converting, I don't think, the yeah. way that we saw it convert before. And I'm not sure why. So yeah. for me, Yossi is not an – this is not an A season for Yos. This is a B- minus because he's always so damn polite in class. I would go further and say C. Ooh. I mean, and, and here's the thing. Like, a lot of Roman Yossi's play, it's coming in spurts. Yes. And you think back to what do the Preds need Roman Yossi to be? We need him to be that number one all-star defenseman. I mean, that is how we were good the past two years. Like Roman Yossi, UC Saros, the two guys yes. single-handedly kind of saved the franchise from starting a rebuild three years ago just because they were on the peak of their game. And I asked myself, has Roman Yossi been that guy this season? I don't think the answer is yes. And yeah. and you know what's the jarring thing about this season, Anne, is how many times have we done recaps where we've said, this this was not a good game from Roman Yossi. It seems, like, yeah. it, it seems like we have said that more this season yeah. than maybe any other season before. And I get it. Like, maybe it was was unwise for us to maybe think he was going to have another near 100 point season like he did last year but you know we need him to be kind of better than he's been yeah and that that's a big reason the predators struggled early uh he's had some stretches where you know he'll go on a hot run cool off for a little bit i, I just think we need better so i i would say c plus for roman yossi okay uh let's see who's next shall we i believe this is one mr jeremy lazan jeremy lazan yeah jeremy lazan is an interesting little creature for me i don't know quite what to make of him you know 25 years old he's got three goals three assists in 44 games Jeremy Lazan, I feel like, was sort of the the scapegoat for a lot of defensive issues last season. I feel like he was sort of not 
in favor in a lot of ways. He was that, look, we've got to step up from this. I actually feel like Jeremy Lazan has had a pretty good season this year. I agree with you. you. Yes. I I feel so much more comfortable when I watch him on the ice this season than I did last year. So for me, and I'm not sure I can even put my finger on what it is, but I feel like Jeremy Lazan is definitely improving this year. and, And I think, you know, he has earned back any of the doubt that kind of crept in and was kind of circulating among the fan base. I really feel like he has had a solid year for what the Predators need from him. Yeah. And that's, I think what kind of gets me to my point on Lozana is what do the Predators need from him? Mm-hmm. They just need a solid, like number six defenseman. Yes. Like that's a, a bottom pair, somebody to go out there and kill penalties uh, somebody to basically go out there for, you know, 16, 17 minutes a night and not screw up. And he's had <laughs> some, you know, let's say uh, not well thought out penalties. Maybe that's the only True. knock against him. Yeah. But uh, like for the role in which you're asking Jeremy Lazan to play again, like you have to put this all in context. When we do these grades, when we give Jeremy Lazan a better grade than Roman Yossi, we're not saying Jeremy Lazan has had a better season than Roman Yossi. We're just saying it right. based on what the expectations for him are, is he meeting those expectations? And for me, I would say Jeremy Lazan's B, B plus, mm-hmm. because I think you're getting what you expected to get out of Jeremy Lazan, which is good because you're paying him for three more years after this. So yeah, better, better make it a good one. I think it's interesting that with the injuries to the defensive core, the choice was to put Lazan with Ekholm and not Fabro. I think that may be showing how the organization feels about what they've seen from Lazan too. So, or what they've seen from Tante Fabro. either either way. Uh, All right, Anne, Uh, I'll let you take us home. McDonough. RPM, as we have taken to calling him in my house, look, I will fight to the death over Ryan Patrick. Um, Has this been his best season? No, it has not. 44 games played. He's only got one goal, 10 assists, 11 points. Uh, Definitely not on pace to duplicate his last season numbers with Tampa Bay. But look, Ryan Patrick has had himself a rough go. He had that horrible, horrible injury where he took the puck to the face Missed a bunch of games. But look, here here is what I want to say about RPM. You had to find him the right spot. And and I think that they have kind of found that. They found that he and Ekholm, which looked like it could work with some adjustment, didn't work. You know, they have found him his spot with Roman Yossi. And that, my friends, is a little bit of kismet. Like that right there is magic happening I love Ryan Patrick McDonough. I think that he is a hockey defensive artist. Not only is he just sound defensively, he is so, he makes it seem effortless, the small things he does. He is not going to wow you with, you know, outrageous physical play or any of that kind of thing. But this man is a defensive artist. And so for me, I just say to anybody listening, just in in the stretch of a game where RPM is out on the ice, just watch what Ryan Patrick does. Watch how he plays defense because he is effortless in it. 
I love him. My biggest fear yeah. is he is not going to be a Nashville Predator for long. I mean, he's got a no trade clause, so he's going to dictate. That. I know, but my fear is ask, he's going to but... go. Hey, y'all, I'm okay to waive that because yeah. is is this the experience that Ryan Patrick thought he was going to get? I mean, is this yeah, the competitive team that he was excited to join? We're we're still trying to sort that out, friends. Yeah, yeah. If you know, let us know. Yeah, um, yeah. And uh, to close us, I'm pretty sure none of us have anything to say on Roland McCown. So, like, thank you for your service. Thank, yeah, thank you, thank you, Roland. Uh, yeah, yeah, let us know your grades. Either comment on our YouTube page or tweet us at lo underscore predators. We would like to know what you think the predators' grades should be this year on defense, and we'll get to the forwards. Don't worry, we'll oh. get to the forwards. Yes, uh, that's we will, coming up friends. on the next couple of shows. And where can people find your work? You can find my work online at insidethepreds.com. You can find me on Twitter at ANK underscore Mama on Ice. You can find me at ontheforecheck.com. Follow me on Twitter at underscore NS Morgan. Be sure to subscribe to whatever you are listening to to catch our show, whether it's YouTube, Spotify, Apple, all that good stuff. Uh, helps us out as well. That's going to do it for us on today's Locked on Predators podcast. Thank you for making us your first listen of the day. We'll be back tomorrow with an all-new episode. See you then.